Street, and this is the week of October 1st, so fully into the fall schedule here. And October is a packed schedule at the library. Uh, check out our websites, glowlibrary.org. Um, I'll be talking about some of the events that are going to be happening in October toward the end of this episode, so stay tuned for that. October is also Blindness Awareness Month, and not too many people are aware, and that's what this episode is about. That. Uh, there are so many services available f- through the library, through libraries across the country, uh, that are available for people who are blind and physically handicapped. And SCLO is working more closely now with the, um, the Pennsylvania libraries uh, for the blind and physically handicapped. There's one in Philadelphia and one in Pittsburgh. And with a population, a pretty high population of people who are blind uh, or who have vision uh, problems, they may not be aware of all the services that are available for free and that they can be delivered right to their home. There's tech, some amazing technology, uh, some amazing, um, uh, whether it's Braille, whether it's audiobooks, available to people delivered to their home free of charge. And we want to make people aware of that. So that's what this uh, episode is about. I have a conversation with Brady Clemens. He's the district library consultant. Um, He was on, if you heard, we had a preview for the Great American Read a few episodes back. He appeared um, on that episode. So Brady is working uh, closely with the, the, the libraries in Pennsylvania, the libraries for the blind that are in Pennsylvania, to, uh, to get the word out, to help uh, people be, uh, be in the know that, uh, that these services are available. So if you yourself could benefit from these services or if you know of someone, I uh, hope you can listen to this podcast and, uh, and come to the library if you want some more information about it. Um, so here's my conversation with Brady Clemens and hope you learn a little bit more about what's available uh, for the blind and physically handicapped, what library services are available. So this is Blindness Awareness Month. This is obviously a good time to be talking about this. Um, in your travels around the district, but also your conversations with people from the Philadelphia Library for the Blind and Physically Handicapped, any, what have you discovered, anything that you weren't aware of about in terms of the numbers of people that, um, that could use these services for, for blind and physically handicapped people? Yeah, sure. So one question I had for the outreach staff member who came from Free Library to talk to us about the service uh, was, well, how many people are we talking about uh, served across the entire state? And they work jointly with the Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh, which has their own library for the blind and physically handicapped. Um, She said that they serve about 16,000 people across the state, which does sound like a lot until you think about the fact that 
the state has many millions of people in it, and we do have an aging population. So to me, that really reinforces that the service has a wide reach, but there's definitely room to, to um, make more inroads with connecting people who could use the service to the resources that are available that they probably don't know exist for them. And do they, do they think this could be even a, not only getting it to people now, but do they see this as potentially a growing need, like in terms of an aging population, baby, I mean, do they think that this could be a growing trend or in terms of numbers? Or? Well, they didn't mention it specifically, but uh, given that uh, a lot of Pennsylvania's areas of demographic growth are the elderly, you know, we have younger people who might be leaving the state and people who remain are aging into retirement, especially with the baby boomers. Uh, but one other area of focus for them is they do have a special mission to serve veterans. And so not only with that aging population, but some younger veterans who may be coming back from the Middle East, Afghanistan with vision or hearing issues due to injury or just the kind of nature of of the increased level of sound in a battlefield or setting like that, that's certainly an area where they would be very interested in connecting people with resources who need them. In terms of the resources that are available, I guess, could you talk a little bit about mm -hmm. the resources and, and the technology, I guess, that is available to, to for people? That really was one of the things that impressed me with uh, the presentation is, you know, you expect that well, of course, Library for the Blind and Physically Handicapped is going to have an extensive large print collection. Of course, they're going to have an extensive Braille collection that they can mail to people uh, in their homes. But with some of the new technology that's available, they have a lot more that people might be interested in, well beyond the traditional books-by-mail service. Uh, the first one, and I have a player here as an example, they do have, of course, access to audiobooks um, in several different formats. The main one is this audio player, which you can... It looks like, a, like an old-time cassette player, it I does, guess, basically. It yeah, does. So. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea behind it is they mail it to you if that's part of what you would choose or someone you know would want to choose for the service. It's got a very long battery life. It does also come in uh, with an audio plug in the back, uh, but the idea is to make it easy for people with tactile issues, say arthritis or impairment issues. Uh, I'll go ahead and turn this sure, on. Sure, yeah. These are, yeah, there's like big buttons for yeah, people yeah. who would need to use this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then each button has a little braille piece beside it, so if you're visually impaired, um, you can determine which one is which, but also the buttons talk to you. Battery low. Player on. Press any button to learn about its function. Battery charge remaining. Less than one hour. So this is the part where, of course, you'd have the plug in the back that you could plug in to keep using a recharge, but just for the purposes of a quick demonstration. Play stop. To start or stop playing a book, use the large play stop button. When the book is playing, press this same button to stop the player. When you press play again, the book will continue playing where you last stopped. You may also press and hold this play stop button for two seconds to read the player user guide. If the cartridge contains more than one book, then pressing and holding the play stop button 
will enter the bookshelf. From the bookshelf, you may select from the books available or the user guide using the rewind and fast forward buttons. To exit the bookshelf and play the book, press the play stop button again. When you have explored all the buttons and are ready to play a book, insert a cartridge into the slot located in the front center of the player. Insert the end of the cartridge opposite the finger hole first. Push firmly to... Okay, and it goes on yeah. for a little ways like this. So the cartridge it's referring to is, again, shipped to people's homes. It looks like an 8-track yeah, tape kind of, just yeah. to look at, <laughs> uh, but this is a secure case. Uh, on the front of it, the same with all the materials, there is a card that's addressed to you. And this is really the ease of the service in that whenever you're done with the item, whether it's the individual book or the magazine or the reader, you simply flip the card around and put it in the mail and it ships back to them for free because it is serving um, individuals who need the service. Mm -hmm. So we open it up and it does indeed look like a little cassette tape, uh, but the idea is again it's very tactile, it's easy to handle if you have uh, some arthritis issues, the information is also in braille, but if you flip it over you see that actually what you're looking at is a thumb drive. Yes. And so here again the technology is much better than it used <laughs> to be as far as making resources available. I won't go ahead and do this right now because it'll start talking again, but it simply inserts in the front and you start listening from there. Uh, but since it did mention the bookshelf options, this leads to the next piece of the audiobook availability, and it's that part of what the National Library for the Blind Service offers is uh, audiobook downloads. They are simultaneous use, uh, so if you qualify for the service, you won't be waiting for a title, so it works more like Audible. And you can download them to a thumb drive, which plugs into a little hole on the side of this uh, player device. And uh, I guess for... Is this, I guess the technology is obviously different, or is it better than... Because um, we have e-audio books, obviously, through Overdrive, right, but I guess right. I guess that would be a question. Is, what, is there a big difference, I guess, between what people can get through that and through this service? There? I think the difference is, is really twofold. The first is that, like I mentioned, there is no waiting period because it's simultaneous use, whereas if you are a regular library user of our audio or e-audio book collection, you know that the wait times can be long. Uh, that's the first benefit. Uh, there is a more, uh, a wider availability of titles. Uh, one thing that the uh, outreach staffer from Free Library mentioned is, you know, they're committed to making as much available as possible and trying to make this as easy as possible. Part of that is they do record in-house uh, titles that are not picked up by the national service, especially local interests. Uh, they've even taken requests where a student who has this need came in and said, I need an audiobook version of, of this. Uh, they actually recorded it in-house. Now, I mean, it's not going to be the level of a Penguin Random House professionally produced audiobook, but if you really need it and want to read it, it's certainly better to have it available in that format than, than not. Mm, that's great. And, and there's also, I guess, besides the audio, people can get um, 
books in Braille. Yes. And, so, and, and, yeah. and this is, now you've described it a little bit to me, so some the cool technology that's available there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if you have familiarity with Braille, you know that because of the nature of that, uh, it can make the book very large, very heavy. Uh, the example I've heard is, if you think about a standard book like the Bible, you know, it's a big book to begin with, but when you're talking about turning it into Braille, it becomes not just a book that you request, it's several shelves <laughs> of books because not only are there many pages, but they're often very thin, onion skin type pages that wouldn't work for, for um, making it into just a single volume. So that's where uh, the device that they call BARD, which is the Braille uh, audiobook reading device, um, for that, this really gets around the problem of, well, if you're elderly and you have you know, some physical ability issues, reading a gigantic braille book is going to be a little bit difficult for you. This device actually has refreshable braille so that you run your fingers across a line of braille text and then the characters change to give you the next line, so you're just essentially swiping across the screen again and again and again to read through that book. And it's a smaller reader, so it's much easier to handle uh, for some than you know, maybe several shelves of books from the Bible. Yeah. Could, and do those get sent to people if they, if they request yes. them? Yeah, okay, yeah, so those are available. Um, so I have here the application for the Library for the Blind and Physically Handicapped service, which you can find this online through mm -hmm. Carnegie or Free Library. Uh, you can also come to the library here at SCLO, and we have copies at the reference desk on the second floor. Uh, but part of that is not just talking about, well, what do you want to read and what types of format, but on the back they do have some other accessories that you could request, and they would again ship it to your house for free, and with the equipment it's understood that you're probably going to keep this as long as you remain on the service, so there's no expectation that it's going to be returned in, say, a month or two months. Um, I should mention, too, that uh, one thing that's interesting and nice about this service is we tend to think about it as maybe long-term, towards the uh, end of one's life, uh, but this can be temporary. If you are having, say, surgery on your eyes and you know that you won't be able to read for a while, you could sign up for the service for however long it takes you to get uh, better, and then you send it all back and, and you're good to go. Hmm, that's great. And, and they also have specific uh, uh, programs, uh, things for, for children and youth, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and that's another thing that I think is worth highlighting because it's not something we traditionally think of in this context, but when you're filling this application out, you can also indicate you know, what uh, age reading level are you looking for. Are you looking for titles for adults, young adults, children? And with the service to children, it is still that audiobook, talking book, books in braille, but in this case, we're thinking about not just children who might have physical or visual impairment issues, but what if you are a parent with children and you have these issues? Well, you could still get a, a Braille book and read it to your child, and you're holding up the book, and you're reading the Braille, and they're seeing the words and the, and the images. So it's, it's really 
multi-purpose yeah. in that way. Oh, that's a great that's a great program mm-hmm. you have. Um, and I guess, uh, for people, they can come here to the library again and and, and de- uh, get an application. They can. Uh, or, and there's information yeah. about that. Um, and we do um, have. An example of what the the cartridge audiobook looks like. We do have here the um, playing device, so uh, I'm definitely happy to bring it out to someone if they would say, "Oh, well, you know, before I see, before I sign up, or before I encourage a relative, a friend, a neighbor to sign up for this, I'd really like to see what it looks like." We're happy to do that. What is the the application process like? Do you have to get um, doctors or anything like that? That is an important question, Mm -hmm. and it's a key difference between the library by mail service that SLO operates for Clearfield Center, Mifflin, and Juniata counties versus the the statewide library for the blind service. Um, If you are a person who, for reasons of infirmity or physical handicap can't leave your home, you can sign up for the library by mail service through SCLO, and we'll ship you library materials, DVDs, books, large print, audiobooks uh, to your house with a similar setup where when you're done you just turn the card around and it goes right back in the postal mail. For the, the uh, National Library for the Blind Service, they do ask that as part of this application process, there is going to be someone who signs off on it, certifying that uh, you legitimately need the service. Um, that could be your doctor, that could be your physical therapist, that could be a registered nurse or an eye doctor. Uh, in certain cases, that could uh, even be a librarian. Um, the, the goal in all of this is she really stressed that they, they really just want to connect people with the resources. And so, like in my case, I have uh, some neighbors of my parents, and uh, she has macular degeneration. Now, I've given her this information, and she could take it with her to her next eye doctor visit and have them sign off on it. But probably the next time I visit, if she's interested in the service, I'm just going to sign off on it as a librarian who also knows that she does have visual impairment issues that would qualify her for this. So there are a number of different avenues that you can pursue this, but really they are trying to make this much more broadly available than than had previously been the case. So for people who live around, you would a recommendation would come be to come to a library get the information and they could have someone um, sign off on on them receiving these. these that, that gets into a little yeah. um, bit of a gray area yeah. for us. Ideally, it would be a medical professional right. or a therapist first, um, but if we have a relationship with a patron that we know and we know that they have had these issues, uh, in that case, I think we'd be willing to, to certify. But um, for that, we really do want to feel comfortable signing off, knowing the person, knowing that there is this need. Okay, that's great. Is there anything else you think people should know about uh, these services, uh, the program signing up that we haven't touched on yet? Uh, yeah, so a couple things. Uh, they do also have periodicals and music that they will, will ship out to you. Um, 
also uh, the periodicals as audiobook recordings. <laughs> they have a catalog from the National Service that comes out uh, every so often with the full list of new titles. Um, because we know that you know, um, certain readers dislike certain things like profanity or, or certain other elements, they do include in their descriptions if there is profanity or descriptions of sex so that, that people can avoid that if, if that's not something they enjoy reading. Um, the catalog itself does also come as an audiobook too, so that if you have visual impairment issues, obviously you're not going to be able to read this catalog, but you could listen to it on your, your audio device and hear what's available. That's great. Well, Brady, uh, before you leave, since you were here before, um, we've heard your a book that impacted your life, uh, but since I know you read a lot, um, any any current books you're reading have read that you'd recommend to, for people? Mm-hmm. What I'm almost finished with right now is, is Steve Johnson's How We Got to Now, which came out a few years ago. Uh, but I tend to like history, and I also like when you approach history from a non-traditional angle. So looking at history not as Magna Carta and Henry VIII, but in terms of innovations that really changed society and the world, like the development of, of artificial light, uh, the development of modern systems of water treatment is, is really fascinating and, and definitely overlooked. Yeah. And that's available here. That's it is. <laughs> so that's great. Well, Bray, thank you so much again. It's a great service. And um, if people have any questions, they can obviously come to the library. Yeah, and absolutely. Ask. Great. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you. So if you'd like more information or an application for these services, uh, the easiest thing could be to uh, come to the reference desk. It's on the second floor of SCLO Library. Uh, if you want, there you can also call the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. Their number is 1-888-NLS-READ. That's 1-888-657-7323. Uh, Their website is www.loc.gov backslash that all may read. So loc.gov backslash that all may read. Uh, So, yeah, these are amazing services available for people who who need them. Uh, Again, best thing might be to come to the library, come to our reference desk. We have the application to fill out, and we have more information if you need it. And October, uh, as I mentioned earlier, huge month for us. Lots of things happening, um, depending on when you're listening to this. Thursday, October 4th, is the first Research Unplugged of the season. So for every Thursday happening, every Thursday in October from 1230 to 1.30 in our community room, Research Unplugged, uh, the first one deals with climate change. So check that out. Friday, October 5th, free developmental screenings from... 9 a.m. 9 a.m. to 11:30 a.m. on Sunday, October 7th, in our community room, uh, the children's department's having uh, holding a Hispanic Heritage uh, Month celebration. Uh, so that you can check that out. It's from 2 to 4 p.m. in our community room. Penn State students are helping out with that event. And then uh, a little bit later in the month, October 22nd, uh, we've been mentioning this. Stephanie Powell Watts, uh, the author. Uh, no one is coming to save us is going to be visiting that's going to be a great event 
And a little preview, uh, tune in to uh, check out next week's episode of the podcast. We have a conversation with Stephanie Powell-Watts. It's a great talk uh, we had with her uh, earlier this year, so uh, that can give you a sort of preview of her visit. Check it out. Everything is on our website, schoollibrary.org, the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, the calendars, the fall calendars, as we now are in October. Lots of things happening, so... um, And, of course, we have the podcast. Hope you're enjoying it. And until next week when we have a conversation with Stephanie Powell-Watts, we hope to see you at Squirrel Library.